Iowa everywhere. Jordan Bohannon, Jared Stansberry. It's Jared and J-Bo on Iowa Everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. Yo, welcome to the podcast. Jordan's in Sioux Falls. How, how's, uh, what, like, what do you see out your out of your window in Sioux Falls? They got a lot of snow. A lot of snow out here. I'm a big fan of Western, like Iowa and Eastern South Dakota. Big fan. Girlfriend's from out from in this area, so I kind of have to be. Oh, okay. I was going to say, are you the only person that doesn't live in Sioux Falls who is a fan of Eastern South Dakota? Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard this sentence put together. Nope. I'm a big fan of Eastern South Dakota. Nope. nope I might be the definitely... first person to ever say that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. You are a rare breed. So congratulations. There's a lot of of Iowa fans out here, though. So I'm a big fan of that. There's a lot of Cornhusker fans out there, too. Yeah, but they're I think they're in hibernation still. Yeah, it's basketball season. They're all wearing their blue sweaters, their Creighton sweaters. Nebraska has been doing well, though. They have been Absolutely. doing well. They fill their arena too. It, it, the uh, the blue sweaters isn't as funny as it used to be when Nebraska was like really bad and Creighton was really good. Well, I mean, is I it, guess it's not that different from now. But is that what they you call them as blue sweaters? Yeah, the Jaskers. That's actually what the oh uh, Jaskers. One of my okay, so one of my girlfriend's cousins, he's a Jasker. Okay, so. so he cheers for the Huskers in the fall and then cheers for Creighton in the winter. Yep. Man, see, I just I I grew up a Nebraska fan. I don't know how you could have ever done that. I had too much fun cheering for Cook, uh, Cookie uh, Cookie Belcher and uh, man uh, Paul Valander and Ade Dogenduro, all those guys back in the old Alex Marich in the Big Twelve days. Said a lot of names. I have no idea. Barry who Collier, Doc Sadler, man, they were horrible every year. They had one year in those all those years. I thought they were going to the NCAA tournament, and then they lost to Oklahoma State in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament and, and missed the, missed the dance. Broke my heart. I was like a junior in high school. I'm just delaying this really sad conversation we have to have. <laughs> uh, everybody knows the big topic today. Caleb Grill dismissed from the team at Iowa State for uh, what was called a failure to live up to the program's expectations. Uh, obviously a very uncommon situation, a rare situation to see a Power 5 team kick their number three scorer off the team a week before selection Sunday. Uh, and obviously we know – Caleb Grill's relationship with TJ going back has been well documented all the way to when TJ was at South Dakota State recruiting Caleb in high school. Um, what did you think when you when you saw this? What was your initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction was text Jared. I need to know what's happening. That was my initial reaction. It's okay. That was, that apparently was a lot of people's initial reaction. So yeah, big shout out to you because I all like you said you had a ton of people hit you up i had about 25 to 30 text messages i felt like from people saying you should ask jared what's going on ask jared what's going on ask jared what's going on so i listened and i asked jared what's going on and five minutes later you gratefully gave me a call when i was flying to sioux falls that was a memorable call yeah it was a memorable call i uh obviously i i mean i didn't even know that much at that time but it just is uh Weird deal, dude, because it – you know, I think back to the game against North Carolina when TJ's on the podium crying, you know, thinking about, you know, after Caleb Girls had that performance and uh, how proud he was of him and everything. And then obviously, you know, he puts in his statement he's dealing with mental – you know, with a mental health issue as well. It just is – it is a really tough uh, line to walk on this story, you know, of like what is right and wrong, you know, and – uh, I don't know that I can blame anybody for any feelings that they have about any of this stuff. I know I said this on when we were talking on the phone last night. It's it's bizarre. Well, I guess I'll say this first before I go into that. It's it's bizarre to me because yeah, you're right. It's hard to tell the line with this story. It's bizarre to me how it's been handled from the Iowa State side and his side respectfully on both sides because 
I'm not saying he's not dealing with any mental issues, and I pray he finds a peace with his mind and continues to get better daily. Um, but it's, it's bizarre to me Iowa State didn't come out and say anything about this if it was truly an issue. Yeah, I mean, they did say, you know, TJ did – he couldn't speak specific, specifically about anyone, obviously, for privacy reasons, but – he did say, you know, they make people aware of what mental health services are available and things like that. But I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Cause it just is, it's just weird that, you know, he's been banged up and if this has been a thing that he's been dealing with, I guess it just, it, it just, it was all, it was all seemingly out of the blue on some level, you know, uh, I will play this clip from TJ. Here's what he had to say about his relationship with Caleb Grill and uh, kind of why, you know, everything that happened yesterday transpired. You know, Caleb and I have known each other, I think we're probably somewhere around six years. Um, we've had a relationship and, you know, you, you develop a bond, um, you care for somebody, you know, you want them to be successful. and. Like I said, I've had a belief in him for a long time, you know, enough of a belief to, to want him here with us at Iowa State. And you want them to be successful, and you want him to be successful. And I'd say even as things move forward, you know, I'm a fan of Caleb Grill, and I want Caleb Grill to do well. And I'll continue to um, have his back moving forward however, you know, he wants me to do that. And at the same time, um, you know, it's really important as a leader of this program that the decisions that we make every single day always are in the best interest of our program. As much as I want a certain individual like Caleb, who I've known so long, to be successful. And, you know, with our team, um, you know, we've got a lot in front of us still this year. And our guys have a tremendous focus. Um, had a great practice this morning, and we have a great opportunity in front of us Saturday. So, um, you know, I'm I'm always going to be there for Caleb. I'm always uh, going to support him and continue to support him, uh, you know, based on the relationship that goes back a number of years. But we, uh, you know, we're going to turn our focus, uh, you know, right now and to do what we need to do to be successful, winning our game Saturday and continue to improve, you know, with our team in this season moving forward. All right. So that's TJ Otzenberger talking about Caleb Grill. Uh, I mean, I think, it's pretty clear just from listening to his voice that that's that's a man who has struggled a lot with this decision you know that's not a guy who took this lightly and uh that's where i i just i land that for it to have come to this it has to something has to have really been going wrong you know like there has to have been something really bad that was happening for it to get to this point that it just everyone was like, I, it just isn't going to work out anymore. You know, the amount of, I mean, we talked about this, I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. I can't remember the amount of issues that there's been occurring in college basketball with coaches and players. It's been significant. I feel like this year and past year, I don't know why, but there's been a lot of headlines, right? In college basketball. I think from everything that's been put out in front of us, it doesn't sound like something that's worthy to be dismissed from the Iowa State basketball team. But also, because of that, that he got dismissed, it has to be so heavy that there's something significant that happened. Mm -hmm. So, from my point of view, they're downplaying what's it's, going on. It's being it, downplayed heavily from everything that's been said. It's tough, and I think that that's where, obviously, you you know, you're in a locker room right now. There are things that happen in the locker room that stay in the locker room, you know, and there are things that, you know, might happen between teammates that stay within the locker room. I would imagine this will be one of those things for a very long time that we'll never really get an answer to what necessarily happened, you know, because I think that this is something that was pretty like widely felt. It's not like just one guy felt that this needed to happen if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, just to be kicked off a team as a college athlete, that's pretty hard to do, Jared. Mm -hmm. I, I've been around enough teams. I've seen 
I've seen a lot. You know, you don't play the most amount of games in NCAA history. You don't see a lot of a lot of fucking issues. Yeah. I haven't seen something like this. Being played in the media, how it's being downplayed and reasoning for why he's getting kicked off the team. Dismissed from the team, sorry. It has to be significant. And I I don't know, dude. I don't really necessarily agree with the whole locker room thing, man. Like I've heard so much shit happen in the locker room, been a part of it in the locker room, and guys haven't been kicked off the team. And that's something you work through in the locker room. And that's not something that's made public in a guy being dismissed from the team. So part of me, is there something that happened outside the locker room? Because from my experience, I don't know what had had to be said verbally for being kicked off the being kicked off the team because that's not a that's not something I see for someone to be dismissed for saying something. Yeah, I. Like I said, I'm trying to. I know it's um, it's a hard line to cross too. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and you got. I think that it's it had started to spill out into the way that the team was playing, if that makes sense. And yeah. I think that you could see the way that he was acting on the floor, getting technicals, being kind of erratic, had become something that had weighed on the team. This is me speculating educated speculation and that is where i think tj sits there and says i had to do what was the right thing there's 15 guys in that locker room i got to do what's right for 14 of them if even if it's not right for this one guy you know and that's not easy but that's like sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't easy when you're in a position of leadership like that you know and especially if there's something like like i said like there has to be something going on that we don't know about because what we see does not add up to a guy that should, it might add up to a guy that should be sitting his butt on the bench, but it doesn't mean that there, it doesn't add up to a guy that shouldn't be part of the program at all. I'm trying to look at it from the player perspective. I respect the hell out of TJ and everything that he's accomplished. And like everyone knows, he, he recruited me when I was in high school and I, I grew a good relationship with him. Um, I'm trying to look at it from Caleb Grill's perspective now. From everything that's unraveled, this situation, how it's been played out, like his his career in basketball and his career in life, this is greatly affected, right? Like there's a great impact on everything that's happened with him being dismissed from the team. I mean, you look at a guy that's grown up in Ames, He's always wanted to play at Iowa State. He grew a great relationship with TJ. They fall around with the hip by the hip with each other. Fall him to Iowa State. Now he's playing for the school that he always dreamed of. I still don't understand how you kick a player off the team for from what they say is something he said. Like there is so much that Caleb Grill is a part of with this Iowa State team and the Iowa State program and the community, quite frankly, for a guy like him to be kicked off. And dismissed. I don't know. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I always, I'm always going to try to have the players' backs because I, I was a player. I know what goes on the, inside the lines and, and in the in the cage of college basketball and college sports. The coaches are making outrageous money, and the players are getting nothing. I mean, TJ's being paid millions of dollars to coach this team, right? Let Let me and, ask you this. Okay, hypothetical situation. If there's a scenario where it's not just the staff. It's not just the, you know, TJ coming to this decision. If there is a group discussion of, of what to do and how to handle the situation and the team as a whole comes to that decision, then how, like, could you see that being a thing, you know, that it's like, does that make more sense? Hypothetically, if that was something that happened, you know, that it's everybody coming together to be like, you know, this isn't working. Yes. I mean, I think, I'd be more interested in hearing from the players, his teammates, and what they have to say. I mean, they don't necessarily have to say anything about like, they didn't have a, I could tell you they didn't have a whole lot to say in the media today. Basically, Which, 
is what know. they were told to do, I bet. The media yeah. guy, SID, came to them and said exactly what to say, and they followed exactly exactly what they should have said. So, I don't know. Dude, I'm just – I'm worried about – and, again, I, I don't know what happened, and I don't know what happened inside the lines. Like, there's something that could have significantly happened that I am totally just off the rails and I shouldn't be backing – maybe Caleb or TJ, I don't know. But I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to back the player in his future. And like TJ, his his coaches and the staff, like their future is set, right? they they have jobs, they have great jobs. They're in the power five. TJ's being paid all this money to coach his team. Dismisses a player like Caleb. He's in the root of his most valuable years in his life, right? Yeah. And you're 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 taking that away from him. And I don't see if if mental illness was a play in that. Why you dismiss a guy and he's like completely off from the roster. You can't find him on the website. Like, I, I think that that greatly impacts him going forward. And I, I just, I hope he, like I said, I hope he finds peace with whatever he's battling. Because I know that can be tough, but I don't see how that that's, this is the right play. If, if it's nothing, if it isn't as, if it's so significant, you can't say, then I understand. But I don't know. I just, I think all everything's played out. It, it, this is hurting Caleb greatly. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's certainly true. And that, man, it's just, it's. You know where I'm coming from, though? Like, yeah. No, I understand completely where you're coming from. I understand completely where you're coming from. It just is, uh, it's uh, it's tough because you you want to do the right thing, you know, and you and you. If you give someone a lot of opportunities, if you get what I'm saying, yeah. And how many opportunities does somebody get? Right. To do something, you know, and make people not want to be around them before it gets to a point like this like it that's where i'm saying like i don't think this is something that it just like happens overnight like all of a sudden everybody's like man no, you know what screw this guy we don't want this guy around you know and that's what to me tells me that it's like there was a there had to have been a feeling within the program that's not just held by one or two people that this was not working and i I don't know the way that maybe you go about it as you say that he was just shutting it down for the year because of his injury, you know, or you say he's just going to step away from basketball or whatever it may be. Which is what I was trying to get at too, is that going along that line, like if it's so significant, Jared, and they couldn't do that, then there's something that really went wrong over the timeline that we're talking about. And that just, that's where I just don't understand because if it's not from like a legal standpoint, you know, then but I don't know. I mean, there those things too. Like these are personal relationships and things like that. That sometimes you just keep it to yourself. You know, I I don't know if you're saying things about people or you're saying things to people. Like sometimes that just needs to be. It just is what it is. You know, you got to separate from certain people sometimes. But it's almost them not saying anything and just dismissing him is saying way more, in my opinion. And Caleb's the one that confessed. Maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe he told Iowa State. He said, "I want to. I want to confess, and I want to get it off my chest about what's everything that's happened." Maybe that's how they wanted to go about it. But I, I'm just I'm struggling to understand why Iowa State handled it why as it did. I'm I'm really struggling with it because I want I want to back the player so much. I want to I want him to still be on the team because I see guys across the country. That they shouldn't be on a team, right? Right, right. And they're dealing with legal issues. Like, they're actually involved with legal issues, and they're still playing in games. So that from that aspect, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm right there with you. And that, that was something I was on uh, I was on Sirius Radio again today. And that, that was something I even thought, where you, you look at this situation with Brandon Miller and Nate Oates, you look at even 
I mean, even the Chris Beard situation, Arterio Morris, or Arterio Morris at, at Texas. Like, there's, I'm sure there's other guys that are that are out there. The other guy at Alabama, I suppose. Uh, that you just sit there and you wonder, like, man, should this guy be have the opportunity to play basketball? You know, at right now, and uh, coaches who sit there and seem to have no conscience of that don't give a fuck you know, like make, and pretty clearly make that like apparent, you know, that they don't really care. And I feel like TJ has proven that he cares and that's why he gets people to buy into the program the way that he does. And so that's why this, like this, I think this is the fourth guy that he's kicked off the team at Iowa state in two years, you know, is there an airplane going over your hotel? I think that's the fighter jets. I think I think there's an air force base by Sioux Falls. I'm pretty sure. Yep, it's a fighter jet. I gotta text my brother. Maybe that's him flying it. Yeah, insane. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can't control it, Jared. <laughs> Tell China to stop. Uh, is that why they're the Sky Force? Probably. I just realized I that. It's pretty close. The Air Force base is pretty close to where we're at. Clearly. They just yeah. flew right over the hotel. Uh, what did I say before? I don't remember. You're oh, about- I feel like TJ like has proven that he cares about people and has proven that's why the program has been able to do the things that it has. you know, And that's why... I, I, I can't – like, some part of me grapples with, like, is this something that's admirable that you're, like, going to stand up for your culture this hard or is this something that's, like, doing too much, you know? Like, I think there's an element of a case to be made for both sides probably. I'm going to bring Fran McCaffrey into this for a second. And on nowhere am I comparing the comparing. It's, all, the two it's always got to be Hawks and versus. Always got to go to Iowa. Fran yeah. McCaffrey would never do this. That's what you're it, about to it's, say. It's yeah. all. It's all going to go back to Iowa. This is know. why kids should go to Iowa. It's all just a recruiting pitch. No, yeah. this is not. This is. I'm playing both sides here, but I have immense respect for Coach because obviously everything he's given to me and all the memories we've had. What I'm going to say about Fran and comparing to TJ. And again, I'm not comparing them two as coaches. I'm comparing their coaching styles and how they, how they um, coach their programs and how they go about the programs. Coach McCaffrey, no matter what happens to the player, he is the first person you want to call, no matter what, because at the end of the day, he will have your back, no matter what happened. I mean, you could have. I don't know the situation with Caleb and TJ what happened, but I know from my experience and everything that I've dealt with, Coach McCaffrey was always there by my side, by player, by my teammate's side, whether they were in the wrong or the right, right? Like we had issues internally in the locker room. Coach McCaffrey would back the player, but then he'd come back to the team and realize like what's more important. But at the end of the day, he was always behind the player. From my experiences with that, and looking at TJ, you said this is the fourth player he's dismissed. You see two totally different coaching styles, right? One that is pretty player-heavy, one that's pretty program-heavy. I don't see a wrong style in either of those two, right? I have respect for Fran, and I have respect for TJ. But me being the player advocate that I am, it goes back to what I'm saying. I don't understand – how this transpired for him? It's it's different strokes. By. It's different strokes for different folks. From what you're saying, like yeah, you know, what you're yeah, you know, the there's guys that are in Iowa State's program that it this is exactly what they need. You know, right. this is exactly the kind of scenario that they need. Just like there's guys at Iowa's team that are the kind of scenario in that they is exactly what they need. I do have one more clip of TJ that kind of speaks to what you were just talking about. I'll play that real quick. It's about thirty seconds, so it's quick. I really care about being the head coach at Iowa State. Like, this program really matters to me. This is – it's personal. It's my family. Uh, it's my wife who played here. It's a place I've grown up coaching. And there's 
There's no position or job I honor more than being the head coach of this program. And so regardless of how difficult a choice may or may not be in the given time, I have a responsibility and I have a job to do and I have to carry that out because it affects a lot of people. And so we're going to continue to make sure that we make the best decisions at the right time for this program, regardless of how challenging they may or may not be for me personally. So that goes along exactly what I was talking about. Coach McCaffrey would have never said those words. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying anything that he said was wrong. But flip-flop a role reverse with Coach McCaffrey. I mean, you can go down the line of issues that they've that players have had at Iowa, right? Like mm-hmm. there's not, I mean, there's not like insane amounts, but there's been issues in the past. You look at what Coach McCaffrey has said and, and quoted and said it's in the media, he is backing the player 100 percent And he's not talking about the program. Like, yes, he wants the program to do well. He wants the community to be right. He wants to continue to give him back, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it comes back to the player and the relationship with him as a coach. So I think those those two things is is it would have been interesting to see this if Caleb Grow is an Iowa Hawkeye and how this would have played out is what I'm trying to get at. It's interesting you say that. Let me let me ask you this. If again, completely hypothetical, if Fran were to leave and he went to a different went to a different school, would your bond be stronger with him or would it be stronger with the Iowa basketball program, you think? It obviously would depend on who the coach that replaced him is, but you get what I'm saying in this yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I think for me, it's a little different because I was an Iowa kid and I grew up in the state. So, I mean, my state and the program, I think, would trump that. But my relationship with Coach McCaffrey, that will – there's no – I mean, that's like a father figure type relationship. That's mm-hmm. something that will never waver. I mean, if he ended up going somewhere else, I mean, I would honestly be shocked if he didn't end up at Notre Dame, to be honest with you. But – if Mike, he did that, Mike Bray is the finalist for good guy of the year. Did you see what he was doing the other night after their game? Yep. Hanging out at the bar, man. Yep. Good guy good. of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I don't know, man, but that's why college sports is so weird because you have these coaches that they'll use you. I mean, I remember my AU coach would say this when I was going through the recruiting process. He's like, Jordan, you got to realize it's a use-use use business. They're using you to get what they want. You're using them to get what you want. And that's the mindset players have to have going to college. And I believed in that, but then, you know, I grew a relationship with Coach McCaffrey. And I feel like not a lot of programs are like that, right? They they use these players for four years and they move on and they don't have that relationship still. I'm not saying TJ is like that, but you could tell what he's saying is the program in the state means more than a relationship with the player. And that might not be a wrong thing either, I'm saying, but – that's how he wants to go about his program, and there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. But I want to back the player still. Yeah, and it again, I I just think that especially watching the way that he said that, and you can hear it in his voice that this was not something that he just was like. This was not an impulsive decision by any means, you know. I imagine ever this has been caused some sleepless nights, a lot of sleepless nights. I would imagine just trying to grapple with all of this type of stuff. So. I don't know. We will see. It'll be interesting. We haven't talked about any of what it means from a basketball perspective, but I don't, I mean, that's a pretty secondary conversation, I think, in all of this. All we can do, hope the best for Caleb Grill, and um, I hope he lands on his feet because when he's when he's out there and he's healthy, he's an he's a electric player with the way that he can shoot the ball. I do want to say one last thing while we're on before we end this topic. I hope Iowa State fans – no matter what was said, and I hope this didn't ba- this doesn't backlash me. I hope something doesn't come out where it's like completely significant and changes my views on everything. But if it stays how it is, I hope Iowa State fans continue supporting Caleb. And I'm not saying they're not, but continue supporting him and make him a, a continued member of the community because he's given. I've been in his shoes. I've been, I know how hard it is to have that all that pressure and all that burden on you on every night basis and do the best you can. And have your family in the stands and your friends and everyone watching you. It's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard to do. And I hope they they appreciate all the work he's done because, you know, I, he's made a great impact for that community. I know there's only good things in store for him. So I hope, I hope Iowa State fans appreciate that. 
Before we flip things over to uh, to the Hawkeye side, I want to remind everybody the basketball coverage here on the podcast brought to you by our friends at Sweet Caroline's Kitchen and Cocktails on Main Street in Ames. It's a perfect place to go before or after Iowa State home games. Anytime the Cyclones are on the road or anytime the Hawkeyes are in action, great spot for late night fun with a Southern-inspired menu with a great collection of burgers, sandwiches, wings, and, of course, Caroline's famous fried chicken. Uh, that's at 316 Main Street in Ames, Sweet Caroline's Kitchen and Cocktails. Um, all right, Iowa absolutely throttled Indiana Wednesday night, or what was that, Tuesday night. Uh, I mean, Chris Murray was unstoppable in the first half of the game, and I mean, really for the whole game. But what did you think of uh, of the entire performance? It was just – I was sitting there thinking, if this team plays this way, they're going to have a great chance to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. They're going to have a great chance to make a run – in the in the NCAA tournament because that was a really impressive showing. Yeah, I think you saw what was on the line for the Iowa Hawkeyes that night. You saw that they were fighting for a double bye in their Big, Big Ten Conference tournament, and you saw they were fighting for Elias for a good seed in the NCAA tournament. And a week and a half ago, things didn't look pretty. If they didn't, if they didn't, if they ended up losing out, they could have got knocked out of the NCAA tournament, and that 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 was likely if based off the scheduling they had. They had a lot of tough games. A lot of teams were playing well. But at the end of the day, I think they ran into the perfect storm because Indiana's coming off a huge game against Purdue, right? They're coming off a, a huge rivalry game, in-state game, um, one of the top teams in the country, and they go in there and, and, and beat them. Like, that is as, as big as a high they're going to get all season. And they're dropping down, not saying they, you know, they took the game lightly against Iowa, but that's hard to go and relive that level of energy you had at Purdue and play again against a team that's fighting for lives with Iowa. And I mean, you saw exactly that. They fought for lives and Tony was phenomenal. He's playing yeah. some of the best basketball of his life right now. The cutting, his cutting was so, I mean, I bet he, created at least 10 points just off of cuts. I, mm -hmm. I would have no idea. But uh, that was really impressive what he was able to do. And then I thought they defended pretty well, you mm -hmm. know. Like, they, they got after them, and, and they made life difficult for Race Thompson, which is hard to do. Uh, that guy is is really fucking good. Holy shit. His, like, his footwork in the post is next level. He's a high-level high, high, high player. I, I am still really – speculative or uh, skeptical 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 of yep. indiana still um well for good reason after that one obviously. great reasons but yeah. I mean, they, they they played well at times like they have a solid team but man i don't know what it is like being in indiana school and all these famous shooters come out of the state how do they not get guys that can just absolutely light light it up from three it blows yeah. my mind Imagine if imagine if Trace had those guys around him. It'd be unbelievable. Like they yeah. would be a Final Four national championship contender, and I thought they were going to be that because I figured Miller Cobb was going to step up and hit two to three to four threes a game, and that was going to be an X factor. But they they have guys that can't shoot the ball. Trey's a great player. Galloway's a great player, but he can't shoot the ball. They just sag off of him. And when you're trying to feed Trace uh, Jackson Davis all night. And you have a guy that's feeding it from the post that their defender's sagging off of. It makes life harder for the offense for Indiana. So I don't know. I I'm shocked as big of a blue blood Indiana is, and the powerhouse they have, they can't get guys that can shoot the ball. Blows my mind. Yeah, I mean they really need Hood like Hood Shafino to be in his bag too if they're yeah. going to be able to get over that hump. It it just is like. They're a perfect uh, encapsulation of like, yeah, you can have a really, really good big man, but like, what does that matter if you don't have anything else around them? You know, not that they don't have anything else, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you don't have all the other pieces that you need, you know, like as good as as important as a good big man is, you need more than just that to be able to make it happen. And it's just like with Purdue, too. That's why I'm skeptical, skeptical, dude. Oh my skeptical. Gosh. Yeah, skeptical. skeptical of Purdue as well, because <laughs> they have a player of the year he's going to be the player of the year nca and they have guys that are freshman guards that can play phenomenal one night and the next night they're so inconsistent they sh they shouldn't be on the court 
and that's damaging when you're trying to make a run in state tournament. You have to get, you have to have these guys that are counting on you to you know do your scoring average basically is all you need for guards that continue. They don't need to be fluctuating from two points to twenty points. Like guys that come in eleven points for assists tonight. That's what Purdue needs. That's what Indiana needs. And they have guys that both those teams are they're just so sporadic and they're scoring and they're out and what they give on their output and their value they're going to struggle big time when it comes to this postseason. And that's why I don't think Purdue is a Final Four team. That's why Indiana's fallen off so much as they have from being a top-five team to um, – and I know they're still in the top 20, but they probably won't be after this weekend. Yeah, and I think uh, that's why I would be skeptical even of Gonzaga this year. I don't feel like they've got the guards that they have had at the same level these last several years. It's like as good as Drew Timmy is. I don't know that Drew Timmy by himself really scares me that much, you know. Uh as good as like some of those pieces are around Oscar Shibway, at least on a on paper, like I don't know, hasn't really you know translated to the court the way that I think we expected to. So it's just like there's just certain guys out there that I don't know. I love I love my big man, man. You know, like I'm a I'm a huge fan <laughs> of the big man, but man, there's we we need some guys that get some better teammates around him, my man. Gosh dang, nobody wants to play with the big fellas. Let's go. What's so crazy about Big Ten basketball is I feel like all the teams play really similar, right? They they have a pretty dominant big guy, and they, they play through the big guy. And I think that has kind of hurt Big Ten basketball to make runs in the, in the NCAA tournament because that's not, that's not where basketball is heading, right? Like you mm-hmm. see in the NBA – yes, there's some great big guys, but they, they rebound, they defend – they pass it to their shooters. I feel like Big Ten the past five to ten years has been so big man heavy that it's it's the big man haven. Yeah, that's that's, that's the place. If you're gonna play big man and you're playing basketball, like where better is there to play than the Big Ten on the right. planet right now? You know, right. but that's just how all the offenses are. I feel like so, and I don't think that's beneficial when you're going against. No, I use like when we played against Oregon my and during the COVID year. Mm-hmm. They had I mean, yeah, they had a couple of big guys, but they were so guard heavy. And their big guys were different kind of big guys. Yeah. yeah. Track they, athlete big guys. Yeah. Right. And they just shot the shit out of the ball and they defended and that's that's hard to beat when you're going against you know you're beating the shit out of each other every night and just yeah. fighting for post position. You're switching and your guards are playing the post defense all season long. They're, you know, they're hardly guarding the ball off the dribble all night. That, that's hard to do, be a switch up like that. And then say tournament. I think that's where the big 10 is. I mean, I think recruiting needs to change for big 10 to kind of accelerate in the NCAA tournament. Man, one of the greatest, uh, missteps that I can remember in covering since I've been covering Iowa state was in 2017 when they had Monte Morris, uh, Matt Thomas, Nazmi true long and, and Deontay Burton were all seniors. That team was really good by the end of the year. Like they were really good and they played Purdue in the, in the round of 32. And that was the year that Purdue had uh, Isaac Haas and, and Caleb Swanigan. Yep. And it was like the most obvious thing in the world, put Deontay Burton at the five, space these guys way out and just drive by them all night. And for some reason, Iowa State decided to try and match their size and physicality, and they were down like 15 at halftime. And then spaced the floor out in the second half and came back and took the lead. And it was like – it was like going into the game, you're like, man, we way overthought this one, trying way too hard to play like a Big Ten team when when you're a Big 12 team, you know. And you need to take advantage of your big of your Big Twelve, you know, traits at least at that time. Now, not as much Big Twelve traits anymore. But, uh, yeah, that that's my concern for concern for Purdue is like now, yeah. I mean, Zach Eady can win you some games in the regular season, but can Zach Eady guard somebody when he needs to out on the perimeter when it comes time to that in the postseason? You know, and it's almost like the Big Ten had been recruiting to recruit against the Big Ten schools. Mm-hmm. Like they're not recruiting to win make... the national title. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's where the fault, the biggest fault has become obviously officials in the big 10 is as first priority and always will be with me, <laughs> but 
second right there is recruiting. I love how you said always will be. They (laughs) they could fix them and it don't matter. They'll still be number one priority. These guys still suck. Yep. No matter what happens. I mean, we could just talk about the Iowa-Indiana game. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. They got the technical. Another, yeah. How do you blow a kiss to the crowd and you get called a technical foul? That is the most idiotic shit I've ever seen in my life. Especially when you're up by like however many points, you know. It's nice, though, when you can get a technical like that and nobody gives a shit because you're winning by so much. Still, it shouldn't be warranted. And it is Dorsey. That that fucking – it was always the bald guys, dude. Courtney Green, Dorsey. Let's go down the line. It's unbelievable. I don't think Courtney Green's bald, actually, but he should be. <laughs> <laughs> John Higgins could never. John Higgins could never. That man puts way too much money into his hair. To, well, to, he he, he like works that. two games a night. I hope he has enough money. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> I saw something last week. I was like, uh, he'd only worked like five games in seven days. I was like, oh man, he must have got some rest here these yeah. last couple nights. Couple breaks. We got a fresh. We got a fresh Hollywood coming out here tonight. Good for him. I hope he had a good good break week. Oh, I remember what it was. He was at uh he was at the Kansas game on uh on Tuesday night too. Dude, I heard a stat on there. Kansas has not lost on senior night since 1983. That's pretty pretty impressive. 40 consecutive wins on How senior not, night. Not one not, why not one night in senior night they No. For 40 years. You got to respect. They're playing for their seniors man out there. Respect. No, that. you want to talk about the stripes. You want to talk about the stripes. The stripes are celebrating senior night in there too, probably. probably. They're like, oh yeah, Frank Mason, Perry Ellis. Yeah, it's gonna be a good night for those fellas. One last <laughs> one last night at the fog. <laughs> one last night. One last night they get every call what they want. Yes, exactly. Svi, how many how many steps are you gonna take before your game winner tonight? Seven? <laughs> All right, bet. We got you. <laughs> I don't even think that was senior night. That was just a regular night. It was just a regular night at Foghound. The fucking oh. stripes, dude. Fucking stripes. All right, we got a couple other topics to hit here. Uh, Brandon Miller, we talked about this last week. Continuing drama. Uh, Nate Oates having to apologize for his pat-down introduction that he does. Uh, tough scene. Tough scene all around. I know the coaches got stuff going on before the game. You know, they might be thinking about the X's and O's and things like that. Man, uh, someone on the bench maybe should keep an eye on these things. Or someone in the pro, not even the coaches, the teammate maybe? Yeah, another teammate. Well, in fairness, one of his other teammates was with him. So I don't know that they would be there. I mean, that's true. That program, man. What's going on there? Those guys are the villains. They're the villains of March Madness, without a oh doubt. Oh, my gosh. Everyone is ready for Alabama to lose now. I still can't get over Brandon Miller scoring 41 the next night after everything <laughs> came out. That is absurd. And now, I mean, now you know they're not – they're never going to suspend him. Like, they would never, they ever can't. suspend him at this point now that well, there's this late Especially in the season. season, they're like, oh, this is good ratings. Right. Well, and, and – the money. That's where I feel like Nate Oates is probably coming from. He's like, shit, I can win the national championship, bro. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, like, you just I'm, win. Everything gets be made forever. Yeah, I'm going to be made forever. Nobody's going to ever remember this stuff. Just like Jim Beheim. He won a couple games. Everyone forgets he killed a guy. That was after he won a couple games. You don't I win mean, many games anymore. But he still won a couple after that. And, you know, made it sweet 16. Everyone forgot he killed Was someone. that before or after he had all the wins vacated? He had a bunch of wins vacated too. No one like, remembers like hundred wins. wins. Yeah, no one remembers it. Did you they hear won. that? Did you hear that Louisville got to put the their banner back in the arena? Good for them. It says number one in the final coaches poll. Good for them. They also had a dog shit on the court, and that was probably <laughs> the best thing that's happened. Uh, number one in the final coaches poll. Congrats to the Cardinals. Back, uh, yeah, what was that? Uh, 2013 we all remember though we all remember uh all right there was the first nil related ncaa uh ncaa ruling this came from the cavender uh, as a result of the cavender twins haley and hannah uh, at the university of miami miami received uh, because of a dinner that they had with uh miami 
uh, I think he calls himself a businessman, uh, loosely tied to the University of Miami, John Ruiz. Uh, the result is the team was placed on probation for one year, and Coach Katie Meyer served a three-game suspension, with the school, which the school self-imposed at the beginning of the season. The team also received multiple recruiting restrictions, though the players and boosters involved were not punished as part of the negotiated resolution between Miami Meyer and the NCAA. The NCAA infractions committee was pissed that there was no disassociation from John Re- uh, John Ruiz to the University of Miami. Uh, but at the end of the day, I guess the coach got suspended for three games and then they're on probation and then nothing will happen. It's just bizarre, dude. I, I'm tired of – I feel like – Knowing the past allegations that's occurred to these schools, a lot of it has been self-imposed by the school, like them reporting it themselves, and then they take the NCA, and then the NCA is like, you have to do something about it, instead of the other way around, right? Like the NCA yeah. enforcing it. But that's what's so backward with the system. At the end of the day, a couple of kids got paid money to play basketball, and what happens, Jared? They think it's the end of the world, and there should be people behind bars – and I mean, might... really, this this actually was only about a dinner that they had. I don't I even think this was about the money. But yeah. but at the end of the day, like it's the same thing. Apples and oranges. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Athletes getting paid. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? NCAA president coming out a couple of days ago saying the the new one. I don't know when Emmert's finally hanging it up, but the guy that's taking over his position came out and said that. College athletes shouldn't be employees. Well, it was not obvious that they – there's a reason why they hired this fucking guy. Just play the script, buddy. Read the script. You'll do. You'll get your money. Read the script. Tap the sign. Tap the sign. Unbelievable. Just going to say every – regurgitate everything that Emmer did and everything the board of directors want you to do – or the board of governors, sorry. Just play the part, man. You're literally a pawn. Give it up. You don't need to be an NCAA president. Give it up. It's not worth it. Because I'm coming for you. <laughs> you just made like a threat to the NCAA president <laughs> on, the, on the podcast. A promise. There was a promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's just dumb because the NCAA is just so, like, meanwhile, we still got this thing with Brandon Miller going on. Dude, like get the oh man. We're worried about a dinner with two women's basketball players. Like for like what are we doing here? Honestly, Jared, every single day that passes by, I wonder what goes on in that office, in the NCAA office. You know what I a lot of really nice people. No, I I know there are. I know there are, but the higher ups, man, they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) Tired of it, dude little debbie who works at the at the front desk you know we're cool, we're cool with her you know it's crazy one of my ex uh an ex-manager at iowa um he works with the ncaa now oh geez and he's a great guy i'm great friends with him i we i mean we went out to indianapolis for uh where were we or chicago for media day he, he took us to dinner like i'm still great friends with him and Every time I talked to him, I was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like, honestly, what are you doing? You're on the dark side. Why would you go there? He's like, oh, there's just a lot of great people at the office. Like, you, I feel like you just have a bad misconception. I was like, no, you're right, but you're still working for the devil. And then it's, like, really only one section of that office. Like, there's probably huge offices that work in, like, media, you know, yeah. and, and people that work in – uh you know event planning and things like that and then it's like there's one tiny little office where it's like infractions that's where all the devils are the devils and all the minions are just in that office nonstop. the nerds with their rule books oh we see brandon miller 41 after being uh associated with a gun involved in a murder cavernier twins they took a free dinner (laughs) let's go after right hand over here Oh, man. What a world. What a time to be alive. Matt Myers lucky to be alive after uh, <laughs> what he's been going through the last couple of days. He, he told the media yesterday that he had to miss practice on Monday because he had uh, caffeine poisoning. He said he drank five Monster Energy drinks while 
playing video games the other day after their game on on Sunday. I wish we had more details how many energy like how long it took him to drink the five energy drinks. But I I don't think that there's any amount of time that would make it acceptable in my brain. You know, no matter what you no matter what happens, if you tell me you've had five energy drinks in one day, you've done you're doing too much. Jared, that's just one insane video game session. Imagine (laughs) imagine having a video game session. You end up in the hospital. That is that deserves of an award of, of anything. Bro, think how fast his heart was beating, dude. Oh, my goodness. His turnaround, like, he was everywhere in that map. I hope (laughs) he was playing Call of Duty. I hope he was. He was everywhere. He was probably playing, like, Hogwarts Legacy, dude, or something. That would be a shame. If he didn't, like, take Hey, 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 hey. No Hogwarts Legacy slander on this podcast, okay? My bad. But to be that caffeinated and play a... That type of game. Yeah, yeah. Very slow-paced game. You're doing yourself a disservice. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, you need to be playing Call of Duty on shipment. Yep. Like, nonstop. uh, 20, oh my gosh, dude. He probably had, I want to see his differences with his KD pre-caffeine and (laughs) post-caffeine. And how he, it went up. He probably could hardly hit the buttons, like, or he would just keep shooting because his hands were shaking so bad (laughs) that he just keeps hitting the trigger, you know? Oh man, that's just that's that's a lot. That had me dying when I saw that though. All right. Uh last thing I got for you. Uh there was a a tweet that came out the other day of a when Duke played Louisville of um man. When Duke played Louisville of a fan who was uh who had made a fake tinder account to troll louisville's kamari land uh how scale of one to ten how weird is this this is cringe i i this is top this is 10 this is 10 yeah i'm gonna read some of these things uh damn that's tough where you staying Damn. I mean, this is like so weird, dude. Like, it's that's so like next brilliant. level catfish. Who has the idea to do that? And like, yeah, I'm gonna tr- like get these get these guys. You know, I don't know what's worse, him doing this or a girl like having to be a real girl and then exposing the those DMs. Right. I just think it's cringe when you do something like that. When unless they're like talking mad shit or like threatening you, like to post it. Like, that's one thing. But, like, to actually, like, catfish someone or expose DMs when there's, like, no, like, nothing violent or mm-hmm. criminal. Yeah, or- no no reason whatsoever other than just to be a fucking menace. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's cringe. Yeah. Next level cringe. 10 out of 10 weirdo move. Yeah. 10 out of 10. And he's, uh, like, standing there with the sign, too, like he's proud of it. That's the worst Right. Part. That was the part that was weirder to me is it's, like, you thought that was a good idea, bro? You thought that was funny? Like, you're really flirting with funny. a college basketball player. Right. Like, I don't I don't know. Weird. To troll them. Yeah. It's weird idea. Weird idea. Weird idea. All right. You got anything else you want to get off your chest? Everyone have a fantastic weekend. You're and go there. Iowa Wolves. Go Iowa Wolves. Beat the Sky Force. Yep. All right. We'll talk to everybody again soon. Peace. Iowa everywhere.